was picking up the book for you. Contingency on the internet. This is from the Course of Miracles. <laughs> it says, let us return the dream he gave away unto the dreamer. So let's say, well, you can make out, I'll, you know, if you need me, I'll try to explain it the way I understand it. So let us return the dream he gave away unto the dreamer who perceives the dream as separate from himself and done to him. Yeah, isn't that the case? It usually feels like the world is separate from you and it's doing you, yeah? Rudely, quite a lot, yeah? <laughs> so that's the perceptual, like, uh, relationship we usually have in the world, yeah? The world's real and solid and there's real things and solid things and they have their own meaning and those meanings are imposing their effects on us, Yeah? So he's saying, let us return the dream he gave away unto the dreamer who perceives the dream as separate from himself and done to him. Into eternity where all is one. So we, let's return the dream back to the, you know, to the space of timelessness, okay? In other words, this is an illusion or it's an activity and you could surrender and be done with it in a way. Let's so return it my, I'm going to skip because my eyes are bad here. Where all is one. There crept in a tiny mad idea at which the Son of God yes, remembered not to laugh. <laughs> like in recovery it says, Rule 62, don't take yourself so seriously. That was the whole point. All of this started from one serious moment. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> there crept a tiny mad idea at which the Son of God remembered not to laugh. In his forgetting did the thought become a serious idea and possible of both accomplishment and real effects. Yeah. So in a, in a way, our mind or the mind has brought this into, into manifestation. Yeah? It's dreaming. You know, it's dreaming. So in a way, in the course, it really brings you back to be ultimately responsible. Like you are the dreamer of this place. Instead of thinking you're a victim and this and that, and oh, if only those things would change, then I'd be okay. The mind that's represented as here is dreaming this place. So you need to take responsibility in a way. Not respond, you know, it's a different flavor of responsibility. It's not like you're the doer, but you're the dreamer. Yeah, this dreamt object is the doer. Seemingly, it's the doing is happening through this, and we take ourselves to be the dreamt object, but we're actually the dreaming of it. You know, the dreamer of this place, not anything that's appearing in it, but what's dreaming it. Yeah. So, in the forgetting, did the thought become a serious idea and possible of both accomplishment and real effects? Together, we can laugh them both away and understand that time cannot intrude upon eternity. It is a joke to think that time can come to circumvent eternity, which means there is no time. Yeah. So the whole point of like the pause in recovery or the holy instant in, in the Course of Miracles or the presence is a timeless uh, moment, in a way, yeah? 
And he's basically saying that time has nothing to do with it. So the timeless moment is the solution, but it doesn't take any time to get to that solution because it's not of time. Yeah. So in this pause, in this moment, that's all there is. There's not anything lacking or needed to be added onto it. It's always available at all times. But it's not always available at all times to a you. Yeah? When there's the sense of being the dreamt object, then there's these statements such as, you and I are the dreamer of this dream. We've, we forgot that we're dreaming this place, and we've given everything we've dreamt the power to affect us. Yeah? That's the pr- condition most people are in. We're the dreamer of this dream. We forgot we're dreaming this place, and we're given everything we've dreamt all the power to affect us. So by me giving you a meaning, that meaning can be used to bludgeon me, in a sense, or to bludgeon this condition. Yes? So let's say if a girl leaves me, two girls leave me. Okay? The same event. Two women in my life leave me. Not at the same time. <laughs> It'll be different, you know. But two leave me. All right, one of them was a casual little friend or something like that. So when she leaves me, there's not a giant interruption in my life. Yeah, it's not like a, my source of my happiness is left. None of that comes up, and none of it can take root because it's, that's the petri dish. The conditions aren't there to ferment that. Yeah, so she just leaves, and maybe I'm a little upset, but it goes away. Then the other woman, though, when she leaves, my mind gave her the meaning that she was the one. You know, the fairy princess, that she was going to change everything for me. She was going to put me over the top. Without her, I would never be complete. So when she leaves, it has a huge effect, yes, on the mind. The mind and the emotional condition and then the physical condition gets very, very agitated. And it provokes itself into having to do something to get relief. So maybe it starts seeing other women really quickly, it gets in trouble, or drinks, or does this, or do that, because it needs relief. Yet the two events are basically the same if you saw them as an event. You know, two women left. But it's you that play the biggest role in what happens, not the women leaving. It's the meaning the mind gives to the women leaving. Yeah, this is what I'm taught, this is what I feel the responsibility of the Course of Miracles is, is that to take responsibility to be the dreamer of this place. Yeah. <laughs> like, the way it is is exactly the way it is, the way you want to see it right now, in the way the mind structure. Yes? So take responsibility for that. So if I give everything all the meaning it has, now, you would think, okay, then I'm going to try to change giving it the meaning. But that is just the same format that of self-centeredness that the only way it sees a situation is I've got to do something about it. That doesn't work in this in this state. It's just seeing that the mind is giving everything all the meaning it has. Just sit with that. And then see how the mind reconfigures. When you try to change the mind, you're using the old application of doing and having. You know, okay, I'm, this separate independent entity, is now going to change my mind. You know, it's sort of like the same thing when... Uh, you take two years of learning about self-obsession, but you could construe that as self-obsession, yeah? All the studying you're doing about self-obsession is a form of self-obsession. If the format is the same format, you know? If it's a self-centered format, you're, you're trying to get out is just another form of being in, yeah? <laughs> like Buddha, like Hawaiian Poe, a great Zen master, said, you can't use Buddha to find Buddha. You can't use mind to find mind. 
Yeah? Now, but see, that the tricky thing is, the confusing thing is, the other format works here a lot. Like, I'm going to do something, I'm going to move that thing, this is blocking me from seeing the TV sh to TV, okay? I get up, move, and oh, now I see the TV. But this, you can't apply that same thing of, I'm going to take action to change this, if that thing that you want to change is what you actually are. Yeah. He <laughs> self can't get out of self. <laughs> as soon as I use mind to find the mind, I don't find mind. As soon as I use the Buddha to find the Buddha, I don't find the Buddha. But I'm very, very engaged in looking for it. And I would say that's actually the mental point. It isn't to find anything, because it already knows this and there's no Buddha to find. But in the looking for it, it keeps, it stays in that confusion. Yes, it stays in the confusion of being identified as a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Yes, a doer, a haver, a chooser. Yes, the subject. Yeah. So it's very comfortable there. As you know, like a lot of people, they much they they get they're very comfortable having dead masters. Yeah, it's very easy to have a dead master. You can make him or her into anything you want. You know what I mean? You know, you can even start giving talks and have pictures of people. And if they actually came here, they'd say, who the fuck are you? To the person who has the picture of them. They, I've never seen you before. That's not, a, that's not even close to what I've been saying, what I've ever said. You know? But when they're dead, it's... You know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this idea of that you and I are the dreamer of the dream, or like the second lesson in the... Course in Miracles is that you and I give everything all the meaning it has. And if you ever get a chance, just look at the first seven lessons. The first six lessons verify the seventh lesson, which is the reason why nothing means anything, the reason why you give everything all the meaning it has, the reason why you're never upset for the reason you think is because you see only the past. The mind is seeing only the past. Yeah? So it doesn't, it's not seeing anything. So it's giving meaning yeah, to things because it's actually not seen. Yeah? It's in a form of looking called self-centeredness. And the form of looking called self-centeredness is, is based on this idea of having a past. So everything that happens just refers to the mind to something that it thinks has happened. So you're re-feeling. Like in recovery, we talk, call them resentments. They're the number one killer of alcoholics. And resentment means to re-feel. Yeah? So everything is refelt, rethought, rehashed. Yeah? Because we are, we're coming, we can only come out of the conditional mind from this idea of a past. That's how we interpret this place. Yeah? So therefore, we're actually not seeing anything. We're only seeing the past. Now it looks like we're seeing, but it's a form of looking called self-centeredness, which is an active form of blindness, really, because you're looking and looking and looking, but you can never see the scene with this form of looking. You're never going to be able to see what's looking because you're looking for what's seeing. <laughs> it's really fucking frustrating until it isn't. If, when it isn't, it's hilarious. But when it is, is, when it's in place, it's freaking frustrating because you're really looking. <laughs> it's sort of like right underneath your nose. You just can't... I see it sometimes when I move quickly, but I can't. As soon as I try to concentrate, it's gone. Why is that? 
So self-centeredness, which is a posture of mind, conditional mind, is a form of looking. You look from a point of being the center, and everything is seen as how it pertains to you. That's a form of looking. To me, in a sense, that's a form of blindness, because you're not aware of the consciousness. You're not aware of seeing yeah? You're hyper-aware of who, who's looking and what it's looking at, which is, which is the fucking dream. Yeah? You're taking yourself to be the subject in the dream, the tiger's scaring the living shit out of you, you're trying to get over that fear by reading books about it, this and that, how to you know, live comfortably with a tiger very close proximity and all this, but the only solution to that tiger and the fear it's provoking is to realize it's a dreamt tiger. Yeah? As soon as you wake up from the dreamt object, you'll see that tiger that was just totally dominating you by its seeming presence has no effect. Yeah? But as long as you're the dreamt object, it's going to have an effect. It's having an effect by causing you to read all these books. It's having an effect by you trying to get better, be able to deal with it better. All of it is having a huge influence on you. It's It's... Its reality is impressing itself on you all day, yet it just said what we read, you're giving it the meaning it has. Its effects that seem so real to you are actually projected from you. That's another statement the Course says. It's projection first, then perception. So projection is the dreaming, and then a perception is when a dreamt object is looking here. And then he sees things as real and solid and having an inherent effect and it's afraid or it wants it. You know, it either has aversion to something or desires it. Yeah? Has aversion, it sort of contracts this way. If it has a desire, it contracts that way. Yeah? Contracts outward and contracts back when it has an aversion. Yeah? Same movement, just goes in and out, dualistic. Yeah? So the, you're like, here you are, spacious and like that mind is just really spacious, then there's a desire. It gets centered on that. That becomes the source of all happiness. Yeah, Or a threat. It goes back to what it relies on. Yeah, Total reliance on self, and then yet the self cannot produce any happiness and joy or freedom, so you're rooted in incredibly desirous of things to help you. Yeah? Constantly looking to be saved by something out there, yet always relying on what, on what can't save you. It's a bad little place for the mind, yeah? Because it's resting on a little precipice that's built on sand. It's totally agitated, yeah? Totally, totally agitated. It can't reflect uh, clarity. It can't reflect peace. It can't reflect like an open sky. It All it reflects, it's like when I surf, I go by this lagoon, yeah? And the lagoon, I sometimes, usually the wind's on it. So when the wind's on it, your, mind, your eye only sees like the surface, yeah? You see all the agitation, and you would, if you didn't have a name for it and have any idea, you would say that was what it is, you know? I can see it, you wouldn't think there was anything underneath it, it's just all agitation, and your attention and interest just notes all the agitation and, and the patterns of the agitation. But if there's no wind on it, yeah, then you see another quality that it has which you weren't seeing before, which is it can reflect, Yeah? The water surface, when it's calm, can reflect what's around it. So sometimes I go to the beach and I can see the, the, the trees that line it, clouds in the sky. You can see it reflecting. That's what mind is like. Mind's ability is to reflect. Yeah? Its nature, in a sense, its essence is to be is empty. Yeah? Its nature is to reflect, and its manifestation is energy. 
So the mind can reflect. Right now, it's reflecting a mental state called self-centeredness, which is just producing an agitation. Yeah? So it can't reflect anything else. It's taking everything to be real and solid and this and that. When, when at the same time, it's looking at things from a thing, it's a two-sided mirror. The same mind is reflecting infinity. But we're not having any of that download to have an effect while we're traveling here. Because we're so obsessed with self, when our attention goes out, it's never let, it never let, it's never let to go all the way. It always stops at this little happy face inside called Paul. Yeah. Usually a frown. Yeah. So my attention gets caught in this thing called a self-centered loop. It's like going out and trying to get things and trying to protect itself, trying to control, manipulate, so this fragile little situation can maybe be okay. You know, really busy, really, really, incredibly overloaded with anxiety and this and that. And then all the information comes back and hits this idea of Paul which is like arthritic and rigid and has old ideas, doesn't matter how much evidence to the contrary, the old idea wins out. So 99 people say you're great, the one person says you suck, you dwell on the one person that says you suck. It doesn't matter how much evidence to the contrary, the old idea and the belief system wins out. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. But at the, if, if there isn't a Paul... If there isn't a Paul, I'm not saying there is or not, if there isn't a Paul, if there isn't a structured, real, solid entity here, if this is just a, a, like an interface, a threshold, for things to come through and for things to come through, yeah? If that's the case, when your attention would go, hey, hit here and go, hey, I may not be that, and goes farther, it sees its original face. It becomes conscious of its original face, which is... Space, which is mind and mind alone, infinite expanse. Yeah, when that has a when that downloads here to this little activity called living, it has a huge influence here, and the influence can be distilled into one statement: traveling lighter. Yeah. So whatever the terrain of your life is and is going to be, and when you you're recognizing all the all the limitedness of the system, of this apparatus, like this eye is never going to see no thing. It's only built to see things, yeah? This, this, this consciousness moving through it, through moving through this, it gets defined as seeing things. It doesn't pick up its own nature anymore. So this isn't the eye that's going to see nothing, if you want to call it the single eye, or like God, Jesus says, when he, if your eye be single, your body will be full of light. That's a pretty good statement, yeah? So when your eye, your eye is single, your single mind eye, that sees nothing. That's seeing nothing, yeah? Here, when, it, when the consciousness moves through this interface, it's defined or conditioned to see things, yeah? It now is in the level of perception. It's not in seeing anymore. And the perception is is like uh, encased in a form of looking called self-centeredness. Yeah? So when he recognized that, instead of trying to find out who you are, you actually find out who you're not. And you're not that which is trying to find out who you are. <laughs> and the need to be liberated drops, and there you go. Get on with the day. <laughs> you just travel lighter through the exact same situations that used to be a giant slog. Yeah.
All those days, I'll hold on uh, to the questions to later here. I'm like John Coltrane, I'm riffing, uh, you gotta just let it go. This is like the mind, all day it's fetid to the way things are here. This is my the little pasture, it can run wild and <laughs> it needs it. It's like a big dog, it's been in a very small apartment all day. <laughs> it's gotta run. <laughs> If it was enslaved just to this form of looking, it would have come to, you know, it would have had to come to some very rude uh, realizations here. Yeah. Because there is no way out. You can't get out of something you're not in. Yeah. You can't get out of something you're not in. So if the situation is in place where you're believing this to be real and solid, you're in it. Yeah? And therefore, there's a drive to get out of it. And why they're not usually successful? Because you can't get out of what you're not in. You're the dreamer of this place. You're not the dreamt object, yeah? So it's fundamentally flawed. Most of the systems I was trying to use to escape or to get better or to you know, get a spiritual advantage or something like that, all of them were basically flawed in my view because... Their premise is there's there's a starting point, which I think is bogus, and there's a finish point, which I think is bogus. Yeah. How can you do and have yourself into a state of being? A state of being is incompletion already, yes? It's not preparing to become. It's not wasing or willing. It's being, yeah? It's a complete system. It's whole. It has no smell of this place. This place is all about limitations and trying to override them, trying to find fulfillment, trying to reach a point where you only decrease. All of this is coming and going. It has no sense or no smell of beingness. Yeah? So the idea of doing and having you into a state of being is ridiculous in the state of being. Yeah? What best the being may be doing here is expressing. It's definitely not looking to achieve anything. So in that state of being, there is a peace, because it's not, like if you watch your head, the basic the head's trying to not become what it thinks it is, and trying to become what it thinks it's not most of the day, yeah, isn't it? It's believing it's something it doesn't want to be, and it's hoping it could be something that it doesn't think it is, yeah? So it's becoming and unbecoming, watch it, it's, kind of, it's like a slinky, a mental slinky. The one movement produces the next movement, the next movement. It doesn't need any stairs, either. Let's say time is like the stairs, yeah? Time gives it the space to move, and, you know? So it's moving, 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 and it's a never-ending, it's like a, a water in a basin that's being moved back and forth. Now, the weird thing is, we believe we're doing the moving, so when we go one way, we go, oh, I'm doing this, I'm, gonna, I'm planting my flag here, and then suddenly... You fuck up, and then you're back this way. Oh, no, I feel guilty and shame for doing that. And then, ooh, I've now gotten over that, and I'm feeling much better with myself. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> all the mental minutiae is, is in a big vat, and it's just being moved, you know, in this dualistic movement of, like, high, low, good and bad, close and far. Yet we're sitting up, we're bobbing on it, saying we're the one that's doing it. I'm the one that moved over to this side. <laughs> I'm the one that went over this side. Yeah, isn't it insane? It's a huge sense of self-arrogance. It's like that thing in Disney World where they have the 
they have a boat and they go through like jungle and there's hippos and then you make a turn and everyone's got their, their wheel. I, I don't know why people don't get it then. You know, you walk on a boat, but there's eight steering wheels. You know? <laughs> and, then every, and then you miss the hippo and you go, wow! And then, oh, and then, you know, the lion grabs you. Oh, no, I fucked up. But there's a big bar underneath that's doing all the movement. You know, it's being controlled by a computer program. But you're living it out as if you're a captain, you know, doing it. This is what we're doing here all day, aren't we? We're doing that all day. We're taking credit, and then we're taking blame. And it can be such a point, the blame or the guilt can get to such a point, then you become shameful. Therefore, you don't even need to have an experience of guilt anymore. You're living in a state of shame. Yeah? And so the mind gets crystallized and contracted and gets more and more brittle with more and more need for defense. So tons of onion layers get built, but there's no center, really. There's no one home to defend. Yeah. But all the th- all the onion, all the layers of the onion sort of to our head define that there must be something there. Well, why would we have 30 layers of protection? There's got to be something there. I mean, it's just a logical assumption of a mind in self-centeredness, in a mind of a conditional mind. It's very logical, but it doesn't mean it's correct. But it's logical. Yeah? If something kept saying, if all day everything that happens was used to say it's happening to someone, yeah, everything is said, oh, bottle my bottle, so the bottle now infers there's an owner of it, thought my thought, the thought now is used to infer there's a thinker of it, my feeling, this, now the feeling is used to infer that there's a feeler of it, yeah? so with this incredible deluge of advertising, yes, all day, like a propaganda. You think radio or, you know, governments? This is way past them. This is everything that consciousness becomes in contact with, the mental processes uses to point at the phantom you. Yeah? Everyone. That's why you can't get out of a thought if it's yours. <laughs> because you'd be holding to it as the thinker. You already fell, fell for the biggest thought of all, that you're the thinker. Now trying to deal with the thoughts that you think are yours, you're way past the point of any kind of solution. You know, you're right in the mix. That's where we always start. We start throwing out best punches <laughs> when we've been knocked out already. <laughs> we're, doing, we're, doing, we're laid cold. It's round five. <laughs> we're thinking the fight hasn't even started yet. <laughs> we've been seven, eight, nine. We've been counted out. <laughs> I'm working on my thoughts. Good luck. <laughs> I only want to have good feelings now. So I'm going to have them now. If they're mine, I'm going to control them. I'm only have good feelings. I'm not going to think bad thoughts today about you. Ah, there's one. (laughs) You see? If the my, and this is just the movement of mental conditioning. Check it out. It, It claims, that's its main movement. So the mental process claims a life it doesn't have. It claims a life that's happening through this apparatus, and it claims to be the apparatus so the life seems like it's happening to it. But it's happening through. This is more of a conveyance, not a destination. Life isn't happening to this. Life is happening. And this little idea, when it takes hold, it can shift the whole equilibrium of your system... And you may find a better balanced way of living, you know. 
to a point where you will actually live with that rule, you will not take yourself so seriously. And therefore, you won't take other selves so seriously, yeah? But I like this approach of just finding out what you're not. Like some lady, just like today, yesterday, a lady hadn't seen me in a while, I ran into her, she says, you're growing your hair long. And I said, no, I'm actually not cutting it. I really have nothing to do. But it sounds like with the language that I'm doing something. Like I'm working, you know, I'm going home and working on growing my hair. You know what I mean? Like pulling it more, whatever you could possibly do. But in fact, I just haven't got a haircut, really. But you know, the language is so lazily used, but its basic intent is working fine. The sense of always being the feeling of being the subject or being the doer, yes? It's incredible, but it's true. Like, you hear it, oh, you're growing your hair longer, Paul. Yes, I've been working on it steadily now. Hydroponics, and got a good batch growing, some buds in there. I'm going to smoke it later. No, I just haven't got a haircut. That's about the most I have to do with it. You know what I mean? Basically, there's not, if I had to grow my hair... It's like that funny thing of, you know, I have to digest my own food. Give me a break, you know. Oh, I just have so many backups in here. I have a pizza from like 2001. You know, there'd be so much goop in there, nothing would go in and out anymore. But, you know, it sounds funny, but then a much subtle activity of the body and the brain, you know, is the thinking, and yet you believe you're the thinker. Yet you don't even believe you're the digester of the food, which is a much grosser activity. Yeah, but the idea of thinking, everyone just assumes. Oh yeah, I'm the thinker. I'm doing it. Yeah, it's like doing my hair. Paul, are you you been are you thinking today? Yes, I'm thinking today. Growing my hair today. Yeah, it's the same. It's it's just as absurd, but it doesn't seem absurd when we hear it, right? Because all day we're under the assumption, under this delusion that we're the thinker of the thoughts, that they're ours somehow. Yeah? And you can't be more bonded to something than when it's yours. Just like if you're playing in a, go, you know, in a park and there's 30 people, kids there, and one of them's yours, your attention is going to usually go to that one. Yeah? So any thought or any feeling cast as yours, it's going to provoke a lot more attention than if it was someone else's thought. Yeah? I have immunity to other people's thoughts, but the same thoughts, if they're running through my head under the context that they're mine, they can have a huge effect. Because it goes right back to what he said. Yes? We're perceiving this place to be real, and we're giving it the power to affect us. Yeah? We're perceiving the thoughts to be real, because without the, if we don't want it, if we don't want to be real, if, if we have a desire to be real, then the thoughts must be real. Yeah? Because we're doing it. Yeah? These are my thoughts. They have to seem to be real to get this reflection that we're real. Yeah? And therefore, as soon as we, we crown them real, they have effect here. Yeah? As soon as you enter the dream, then the dreamt objects of the dream have an effect on you. Yeah? You ever see those like in the Matrix where they, they go into the dream, and yet if they get killed in the, in the Matrix, they die? It's sort of sex. It's the same thing in a way. We're doing that here. Yeah. It was symbolic in that movie, but it's really it's close to the truth in a way. 
we're, we're in this dream, and if we take this dream to be real, it can kill us here. Yeah? So how do you make it unreal? Disassociate. There's a lot of mental solutions to it that don't fucking work. Disassociate, deny, distract, you know, dump on others, tons of stuff. But none of it fucking work, does it? It never really relieves you from the basic premise. Because the premise, there isn't relief in the dream, there's relief from the dream. There's tons of relief in the dream, but it's always bookended with uh, non-relief. Yeah, but and the relief usually the expiration date is really quick. When the relief you finally get it, it goes quite quickly, and then the the unrelief comes back. But this, the real relief is from the dream. Yeah. You ever see the movie The Moon? The Moon, where this. This guy, I'm going to ruin it for you, so don't see it now. But uh, it's an older movie, older movie, and there's a guy working on the dark side of the moon. And he's alone in this big thing, and they mine an uh, ore that's used for energy in, uh, on the earth, yeah? And he's running this huge thing, but it's only him there. And he has a family in, on earth, and he makes video calls, but he never really gets through. And he has a whole life that he and has pictures of his life and his kids. And then... Uh, what happens is he finds out there's a strong suspicion that he may be a clone, yeah? that there is no one called Rob, and he didn't live on Earth, and he doesn't have a family there, and he doesn't have a dog, and this and that, yes? So, but the fact is, when he hears that he's a clone, he hears it as Rob. <laughs> the programming is so good that it doesn't matter, even when he's told that he's a clone, the only way he can hold it is as Rob. So he's in a huge conflict because he really feels like Rob and he wants to deny the fact that he's a clone. Yeah? <laughs> so here, we're just questioning, are you a clone? Instead of having it... <laughs> we're not questioning that we're Rob because you can't, there's no, you're not going to find Rob. But you can question, are you a clone? <laughs> yeah. Are you acting as if, as, are you acting like there's something you're not? Well, that would be great news. In the movie, it wasn't great news to him, because he really, it was like a real crush to be a clone. Yeah? He wanted to be, but this is the opposite effect. It's a huge relief when you realize, when you truly let yourself be a clone, that you're not a clone. <laughs> Instead of trying to act like Rob. <laughs> When you really let it collapse, <laughs> because you're not, yeah. So it's the total opposite effect of the movie. But we always look at it that way. You know what I mean? It's so great to be us. <laughs> so great to be Rob. I hate to be a clone. <laughs> but Rob is the same thing as a clone. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really it was it was a rude awakening, but then it was great news. Once the collapse occurs, once the house of cards falls, you're sort of standing there without your pants your, your pants are down around your ankles. If if there's if the urge isn't strong enough to pull your pants back up, it's liberation really. It's, it's, 
the urban renewal project stops. You stop working on Rob to make it a better Rob because you're not Rob. <laughs> and you know who gets the greatest break? Rob. <laughs> Rob gets to be Rob because he's not Rob. <laughs> when he was thinking he was Rob, Rob was never enough. Rob should be a lot better. Rob should want to know God. Rob should be meditating right now. Have I helped many people today? No, Rob, you should have done a lot more. You should have done eight hours of practice and done this and done that. There's a lot of requirements to be the better Rob. Yeah. <laughs> but if I'm not that, Rob can just be left alone. <laughs> the Urban Renewal Project is closed. And, you know, you get what you see. <laughs> I don't know. It works so well. I can't believe it. <laughs> then you really get you give up the need to be liberated because it's a fucking farce. <laughs> it's just another advertising campaign to buy more products, mental products, and mental candies. You know, mental spiritual candies that taste so good. But what happens? You know, basically nothing changes. It's like putting down the rock. It's such a pause. It's such a sweet place. You don't know how much the mind's moving. You know. And that engine of seeking. It's like we're really driven. We never look back and see the shepherd, you know, but we're really driven. It's like a form of slavery. You find a great experience, but you have to make it better. You know, you get something out of something, then you gotta do it 80 times. <laughs> you know, just have to keep milking cows after they're dead, you know. Just belligerently not wanting to recognize that, that stillness, you know, where the mind can just stop its activities of trying to find itself or get out of what it thinks it is. It's better than like 50 Thai massages, really. It's a deep relaxation you can't get through physical manipulation. You know? it's, it's like the whole place just drops. The, everything looks exactly the same, but it just drops down about 10 feet to another level of relaxation. And then it's, after a while, something happens, it drops down again, and you, you don't know how low it can go. You just get more and more pared down and economized. You know? Stuff, yeah, just stuff gets fluffed off. It's really, it's, it's really, if you're placed in the position of neutrality, 
with no thought or effort on your part. It's like um, in recovery, we talk, they talk about the sunlight of the spirit. And so, it's sort of uh, one of the examples I used to use is like, here you are in this room, and the sunlight seems to be outside, yeah? We're being artificial light right now. And in this position, the shade plays a huge role. If the shade's pulled down, I don't see the light, eh? In this position. This position gives that shade a huge amount of meaning. That shade can be enough to block me off from the sunlight of the spirit. Yeah? So a lot of times, that's where we start from. We start from a mental conditioning or a mental format that places us in an imaginary room that we take to be real. Yeah, And so these imaginary uh, obstructions to the ever-present light are taken to be real. And in this case, it's a, it's a shade. And that five-cent shade can keep us from the sunlight of the spirit. Yeah? Yeah, we're giving it all the immediate hands. Now, why not entertain that you're on the other side? You're, on the, you're outside in the light. Yeah? You still see the shade, but now the shade has no influence on you being in the light or not being in the light. It's still a shade, though. But you're not positioning yourself in the room. If you're positioning yourself in the room, it seems everything has to do with the shade. The light, although it's all powerful, is not available. And so the only way you can think about getting that shade open is you doing something or someone else doing something. And then there's always the possibility that you may not do it, so the shade will go back down again. Yeah. So again, you become the most relevant player as this little selfie, which is the whole point. But on the other side the relevance of the self is totally irrelevant because it's not about pulling down or up the shade. Exactly as the shade is, is seen to be just that because you're seeing it from the light. And it has no power to keep the light from you because you are the light. You know, it's the exact same situation. The mind just shifts out of one formatted calibration and shifts into another calibration where it senses itself to be on the side of the light. Yeah? So like it sees the clouds, but it sees the clouds from the sun side. So the clouds don't have an effect to keep blocking it from the light because it's on the light side. It still sees clouds, they still happen, and they take form and doing this and doing that, but their influence dramatically changes. So the dream is dreaming, but its influence on you dramatically changes on what you take yourself to be, or let's say in the living expression of here. Yeah? And you travel lighter on a stable way. Yeah. And the mind has waken, woken up and it's, it's convinced. It's an unspoken yes. It just gets it. I am of that light. I am not of a thing in a room that can be blocked from the light. Yeah. No matter how many other things seem to be real and seem to be preaching that they're in this position and the only way to get that light in here is to do something to make that shade go up. Yes, or to pray to someone to make the shade go up or to whatever. So far out. That's a, they, every, every point of view is right here because they're all fundamentally wrong. You know, So therefore they can be right. Everyone can be right from where they're looking at things from, but they're not looking at things from there. So they're fundamentally wrong. So there you are in the light. 
So when people are talking about being in the room, you hear them, you understand, because your mind's been there, but you're hearing them from being on the light. Yeah? You can see that they take it to be real, but it's not real. They're taking it to be real because it's described perfectly just what we read. They've forgot that they're the dreamer, and now what they're dreaming has the effects to influence them. Yeah? So all processes, all paths, all programs tend to start from being in the room with a lot of shades pulled down. And they have a lot to do with having those shades go up and how to keep them up as long as possible and how to soak in as much sun while they're up. Yeah, which is all well and good. If the premise is real, if maybe the premise isn't real, there may be no need for that. You may be in the light already. Yeah? And maybe now you can perform a dance as if it's going to open the thing, but you'll be taking it very lightly because you know it's not so. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're in the light. <laughs> it's so obvious you cannot not be in the light. It's just like it's so obvious I don't... How can I get into this moment more? I can't be out of the moment. <laughs> it's an impossibility. I have to entertain an impossibility to make... Getting into the moment seem important, you know, or getting really into the moment, or really, really getting into the moment, or no, you know, how no matter how many ways you want to say it, it's based on a premise that you could possibly be out of the moment. I don't believe that to be true. I don't see that as possible. I don't see how mine could be out of the moment. Yeah. And then everyone, a lot of people want to get out of self, but I don't believe you can be in self. So, I think we're trying to get into something we can't be out of, and we're trying to get out of something we can't be in. It's sort of like, we're trying to get into the light when we're actually in the light, and therefore our attempts to get into the light cause us to believe or feel as if we're out of the light. But it's not so. It's like an act. It's like a, a trick. It's like an illusion, in a sense. We're like a magician that forgot the, the, uh, the point. <laughs> Like he fell for his own is he fell for his own magic, so to speak. Yeah. So it saves you time. Yeah. And if time time has nothing to do with the time of solution, when the solution starts downloading, one of the qualities you'll get a strong hit on is it's timeless. It has nothing to do with time. Yeah? Just like a pause. A pause in time seems to be maybe a second sometimes. But it the amount of downloads that can happen in that second, it would take if it was about quantity and time, it would take hours for that to download. Years. But instead a huge download can occur at a timeless moment that shifts your whole view, your whole perception here and in a lasting manner. Yeah? Just like when I got recovered from a from alcoholism, when I when that possibility was finally entertained, it was a download. It occurred, and now it's been playing itself out for 24 years. But the nugget of it downloaded in that one, that nanosecond. The whole nugget, the whole quintessence of the recovery was downloaded. It was complete in and of itself. The mind hatched it open, and now it's been pulling out like a string from a, a thing, like a yarn, yeah? going 24 years as a form of expression. But the whole idea of being recovered occurred like in a download. Yeah? 
It was like a done deal that now goes through the expression of being a done deal. But it wasn't like the expression was leading to it being a done deal. It was a done deal, and then the expression comes out of it. If you have one sample of that in your life, expand on it. If there's been one moment where the whole charade dropped for a few seconds, let's say, and there was this huge relief, and there was no premise called you there, well, the mind can entertain that. Yeah? And that that little event can be expanded into a principle. Just like they say, you see the whole ocean in one drop of water. That's what they're talking about. Mind expands. It gets, you know, just like when you have an experience of surrender, now you can entertain being surrendered. Because now your mind rocks it, understands it, yeah? So it can expand on it. So that's the whole point. I have faith in mind. I believe mind just needs an invitation just needs to have a possibility introduced to it that it hasn't been introduced to before. Because its ability to entertain is there, it just doesn't have the possibility to entertain. Yeah. So if it gets the possibility of freedom, it gets formatted into, I, Paul, I'm going to become free. That's not freedom. Yeah. So most possibilities that enter the system, the system overrides them. Self-centeredness defines it the possibility by the system. The, si- the possibility doesn't affect the system. The system defines the possibility. So we're questioning the self-centeredness of it, the self, so maybe the possibilities can get in there. And just like when I heard about alcoholism, <clears throat> the root of it is not being me. As soon as I entertain that, the next thing my mind could do is, hey, I can be free of it. Yeah. It was a radical shift. Before, I was trying to be free as it I was trying to do all this, but suddenly I entertain, hey, I can be free of it. It's not me. It's an identification as something. As soon as that was entertained, then radical freedom started to ensue. All coming from where? Mind. Mind is what cracks the nuts open. Mind is what entertains possibility. Mind is what enjoys peace. Yeah? Mind is what it is the clarity. It's not someone who's going to get clarity. Mind is clarity. Mind is peace. Mind is timeless. Yeah? It's not like we have to a- acquire something that isn't so. We just have to drop the pretense of what we take ourselves to be. And not even drop it, because that could be construed as something to do. Just see it. When you see it, it drops. It's like when I was a kid, I always used this thing when I, we used to go to this mall and I thought I was looking really cool. I was 11 years old, 12 years old, I was, you know, women were, girls were important. I'd go to Roosevelt Field in Long Island and I had this one outfit I'd wear all the time, which were like these really cool red corduroys and I had this long sleeve gray t-shirt and I felt like, I felt really sharp. I'd go out there, and a lot of people look at me, so I was thinking it was working. So every weekend, I'd put the same outfit on, go to the Roosevelt Field, walk around, you know, do whatever I was doing. I was stealing sometimes. <laughs> I was getting caught, but I was doing other things, too. <laughs> and then uh, the one time, after about three months of this, a friend of mine said, Hey, Paul, you know, those pants are magenta, and that shirt is pink. <laughs> As soon as he said it, I saw it as pink and magenta. And it never turned into gray and red again. 
But I thought it was gray and red for months. But I, someone finally dropped in the possibility that it was magenta and pink. As soon as I saw it from that view, it locked in. It never turned into gray and red again. I never wore those clothes again. Yeah? I didn't go back in the closet and make sure they were still uh, pink and magenta. It was like an absoluteness to it. It's sort of like that in a way. Yeah? Once the mind sees something, it doesn't need to forget. It has the possibility to be convinced. Yeah. That's all this is for me. It's just repeating it because I enjoy it. And, you know, if I'm painting houses with someone, I can't go off like this. You know? <laughs> they just don't, they're not into it. You know, if I'm at, you know, Whole Foods and some aisle number three, someone's looking for their frozen dinner, they don't really want to hear about this, you know, unless it's something's on sale or something. You know, this is my only place you can come and actually enjoy it. And I couldn't stand having to go to people who are charging lots of money and who are infrequently coming around you. Basically, it was very pragmatic. I said, fuck it, let's... I need this just as much as anyone else. I like satsa. Yeah? Because living out there all day, it's easily to it's easy to forget. Yeah? It's nice to have a reminder. So that's what we do. We just have these meetings so that our minds get reminded of the possibility. So once the story starts avalanching in, you can realize it's actually not happening. Or you can ask a simple question, is that actually true, or whatever. And then you can put a stop to all the shenanigans, yeah? And then every time, it seems like you get brought back to some place, but after a while you realize you never left it, see? When the self-centeredness still has an influence, you feel like you came back, oh, I came back to myself, I was really out there. No, in fact, you never ever left. You've never left yourself. I mean, you've never gone out and... Yeah, all that is total story to me. Yeah. So, it's good news. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, you have a question? Uh, there's nobody here. I mean, there's n- nobody here. Great. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to get that sometimes. I always forget. It's just a walking nobody. You know? Yeah. But that nobody is a whole lot of something. It's everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it sort of sounds derogatory. Nobody. But man, nobody is... Where is that? <laughs> yeah, you can go through your whole day and not care about what happens to you. Yeah, and you can also go through the whole day caring about what happens to you, but not being that which is doing it. It's the same thing. So no matter what's arising, you're still not that what's arising. That's arising, yeah? That's the good news. Seeing precedes everything. So the seeing or the awareness or consciousness is the initial contact here, yeah? So as long as that's, as long as that's acknowledged at least even a tiny little bit, it, gives, it, throws a, it has a very leavening effect on all the mountains and the molehills that are being made in the mental states all day, yeah? all the skyscrapers and all the incredible destruction. I've been bummed out for months. No, you haven't. Many days you were happy and hours and minutes, you know. I've been depressed every day for the last seven days. No, you haven't. There's been many gaps, many openings. I had one guy do that. 
And he said, I've been bummed out every day, all day, seven days. I saw him at a party that night. And I saw him smile and I said, Tony, you bummed out now? <laughs> like, oh, I caught him. <laughs> <laughs> Stories are crazy. They're always based with always and never and all that. It's just baloney. This is in such flux. If you actually had to name or keep, uh, keep a, a catalog on how you felt all day, it, you, would, you would be incredibly busy. This thing is feeling different all the time. Yeah, Millions of sensations, little twerks, twips, this and that. I mean, to take this as some kind of solidity is ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's like constantly percolating on the oven of uh, circumstances and situations. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, no, <laughs> there's no solidity to it whatsoever. That's its solidity. It's no thing. Yeah? That's the true solidity. Nothing is really something. And something is really nothing. You know? Nothing is... Uh, that's what the mind's eye sees. It's nothing. This eye, these two eyes see things. That's what they do. That's how they're built. But what mind sees is nothing. Yeah. Everything appearing is of nothing. Yeah. I feel really relieved that no, nothing but innocence or beauty can get in that space. Well, well. I mean, there's no, no maleficence. Bad intent can ever penetrate space. Yeah, and it's un- in a sense it's untouchable. Yeah. Like if you look at it, if you see birds in the sky, they shoot a lot, right? But they never land on the sky. They always land on our cars, right? <laughs> yeah. The sky is like mind. Yeah. Everything appears in it. It facilitates a lot of stuff, but if nothing sticks to it. Yeah. Yeah. Like that one guy, I don't know if it was who it was, but he said at the end of his life, nothing ever really happened. <laughs> that's, sort of, that's sort of like every day. It does seem like you really have to work hard to sort of conjure it up, don't you? Seriously. For me to go back four hours and try to conjure up what was happening, it is such an old story already. You know what I mean? It's so... That... that that product came out of the oven a long time ago, in a way, when you look at it in time. It's all pure speculation. You know? We had this reading, this meeting I was at, you we talking about uh, you need a personality change, yes? And so people are going, well, uh, I, I was a me, and then I became alcoholic, and now I'm, I'm back to being that me. <coughs> I mean, to go back an hour and to think that there's any 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 possibility that even close to what was actually happening is so far removed from reality. You know what I mean? It's pure speculation. Based on like tons of assumptions. <laughs> I used to be like that.
sure I used to be like that. <laughs> Please, let me have some hold on something. I have to have a continuum to make sense of this place. Don't fuck with that. <laughs> I did that. I know I did. <laughs> if you wanted to do it, whose life would it be anyway? If you wanted to do it, whose life would it be anyway? The claiming of life is from being claiming to be the doer. It's just a claim, yeah? That claim goes unnoticed, then it starts claiming things from that position, that assumption. And then that those, those things go unnoticed, they claim other things. And then the impossibility, like, geometrically progresses into a probability, and we take it to be so. But if you follow it back, it's totally based on unbelievable impossibilities. Yeah? <laughs> really. And you can use the simple example of what's not happening. I mean, if you really see that something you're dwelling on is having a huge effect on you is actually not happening, there's your out, you know? What's more there, what, is, what more is there to do to deal with what's not happening than to realize it's not happening? <laughs> I mean, really. It's just immediately, it's sort of like you, you slap into being here, but you never left. You were always here, Yeah? No matter how many mental shenanigans occur, it can't take you from where you are. It can only appear to be. And it needs you to believe it. Yeah? That's our role. That's where the responsibility lies. False evidence needs someone to appear real too. Because it's false evidence. Yeah? False evidence is false evidence, like the acronym for fear. But for false evidence to appear real, it needs someone to appear real too. Without the someone, it would just be false evidence. Yeah? It doesn't have the ability to transform into being real. It can only appear real. Everything here is seemingly. Everything here, it's, it, it's, seemingly is that it appears to be true or false to you. That's it. So everything here is seemingly. So, the you is the axis for this whole dream. Yeah? We're questioning the center of the dream, not trying to make it better or worse or anything, just questioning. If you're not the center, the dream can't stand on its own. Yeah? It, has to, it relies on the premise of you. It's totally reliant on self. The idea of self is, this whole thing is reliant on self. Yeah? And if you're not relying on self, then there's incredible new possibilities. Yeah? When your mind stops relying on self, and the greatest form of reliance is being identified as, you can't get any more reliant than that. <laughs> That's way out there. If you're not that, the system loses your energy. Your energy is not being given freely over to it. Yeah? There's a question or a pause or a suspension of that transfer. And in that, things shift because you're the dreamer of the place. Yeah? And you'll get that. You gave everything all the meaning it has. There will be a concrete whack. You'll get it. You'll see what's happening here, that there's a, an activity going on, a production, and there are some very important requirements for that production, and the idea of being a self is the primary one. Yeah? Without self, the whole 
the whole system has no no legs to stand on. Yeah? Just like guilt and shame needs personal doership. It can't land on anything. It, it lands on personal doership. When you take yourself to be the doer, it opens you into mental realms of guilt and shame and pride and everything like that. Yes, that's what it does. These, uh, these assumptions produce an opening and these uh, almost like these mental states mushroom. You know what I mean? Like the, the conditions get right, it's dank and it's shady, and then the mushrooms come out. Yeah? Out of, out of nowhere, so to speak. Yes? That's sort of what it's like. In self-centeredness, the conditions are right, and these thin possibilities are taken to be so, and they geometrically progress. And then things have more and more power to affect you. Yeah? You're, in other words, your energy almost gets dispersed so much, so much out that everything is, you're, va- you're constantly seemingly under attack. There's a solution. From the solution's point of view, there isn't a problem. That's the solution. But let's say in the problem, there is a solution. So, yeah. That's it, I think. Eh? Yes, everyone's satiated enough. Another ounce of blood from me. <laughs>